0: We now begin the third parak of Masachas Sukkah, and this parak is the one that focuses on the halachas of the Arbaminim, the four species of vegetation that we take and shake on Sukkahs. The Pesach says, kachtem lachem harishon, and you'll take for yourselves on the first day, meaning the first day of Sukkahs, the 15th of Tishrei, et Hadar, which is referring to the Esrog, Kapos Tmarim, that's the Lulav, V'anaf eitz avos, that's the hadasim. Va'arve nachal, those are the aravos. In English, I guess I should translate. Pri'et Hadar literally means um, the fruit of a, a beautiful fruit from a fruit from a beautiful tree. One translation, um, and that's referring to the citron, the esrog. Kapos tamarum, which are sort of like fr- um, fronds of a of a date palm, referring to the lulav. Va'anaf those are like branches or yeah, branches of a like a braided tree, if you will, referring to the hadasim. Va'arve these are like willows from a brook, something like that. Brook willows, um, referring to the aravos. you'll rejoice before Hashem. Shivas yamim for seven days. Now. We Already pointed out that there's an there's a, uh, inconsistency between the beginning of the Pasuk which says, mm-hmm. on the first day, and the end of the Pasuk, which says, mm-hmm. rejoice for seven days. I asked that question, explained back in the introduction, and here I say it again. The difference is that the midorai said there's only a mitzvah on the first day of Sukkot to shake the Arba Minim, except where you are lifnei Hashem, before Hashem, meaning in the Beis HaMikdash, where the mitzvah is all yamim, all seven days. Nowadays, we do shake all seven days. The reason why is because there's a, a din de Rabanan, Rabban Yochanim ben Zakkai, in the wake of the Chorban HaMikdash, the destruction of the Temple, he decreed that we should shake a of all seven days um, as a zeichel HaMikdash, to remember what happened in the times of the Beis HaMikdash. Now, there are basically three criteria regarding what makes for kosher Minim, and they're all learned out from that very verse. The first criterion is that it says "ve'la'kachtem lachem." Ve'la'kachtem, you will take for yourselves. You that, like, like if it says, uh, like L'kichatama. a "lakicha tama." tam is uh, like a complete, simple, whole, wholesome taking, meaning that the plants that you're taking cannot be chaser, can't be missing anything. So even if even if a little bit of the epitom fell off, or whatever the story is, um, or some other essential parts of the lulav or hadas or esrog, fall off, actually any part of the esrog, fall off, so then um, you now don't have a complete plant, species, and then it's not kosher. Second of all, it says, take for yourself. So it has to be yours. That's a second requirement, that it must be specifically owned by you, the one who's doing the shaking. And then third of all, it says pre hadar, um, referring to the esrog being the beautiful fruit, but there's a hekesh which connects that to the other three species, so they all four must be hadar, they must all be uh, beautiful fruit, and if they lack hither, if they're ugly for whatever reasons, some, there'll be some objective criteria so forth here, it's also not going to be acceptable and you won't be yotzi. So those three requirements, that they should be uh, not lacking anything, complete, yours, and beautiful apply on the first day of Sukkos, um when it's a Dorais. so when it comes to the Rabbanin, the rules are relaxed, and no longer does it need to be yours, no longer does it need to be even, um, it can be chaser, it can be lacking something, you bite off your pitom, and your esrog still kosher on the second, third, fourth days of, etcetera of Sukkos. As far as the Hiddur requirement, um, Tosfos understands that that is still in effect all seven days, and that's certainly how B'nai Ashkenaz go, the Rambam seems to be lenient, but be there as it may, um, so that's what we're looking for in these Arba Minim. Now the first mishnah here, we'll talk about the lulav, the palm, branch, and it says, lulav ha-gazul v'hayavesh pasal. If you have a lulav, which has either been stolen, gazul, stolen, or yavesh, dried out, it's pasal, it's not valid for shaking. The lulav ha the stolen lulav is actually invalid for two separate reasons. The first is that if it's stolen, it's not yours, and therefore you you can't shake it. Um, but second of all, even if it did become yours, there, there's a discussion, which I want to get into right now, about if the original owner gave up hope of, have, of finding it, and now you've come to own it, perhaps. Um, it doesn't matter. It's still going to be invalid because of the principle, that overarching principle that applies beyond the scope of our minimum of what's called as mitzvah haba veira when you're only able to fulfill a mitzvah through having done some aveira, some some crime. So then you're we will, you not fulfilling the mitzvah. And that's in the case here, if you're the thief, so then even if you've come to own it, it's still unacceptable. And that being the case, there are actually some differences. Of course, if you're the thief versus someone else the thief, and also if it's, if it's um, a stolen lulav, it's the a problem on the first day as far as the ownership goes. But if it's hababa Vera, if it's a, it's a, it was acquired through some crime, then that would be a permanent uh, blemish on the lulav that would apply for all seven days. As far as yavish goes, so that means dried out. So there's actually machlokas of how dry we're talking about, and actually interestingly enough, on um, what parts are dried out. Tosos very leniently says it's so dried out that if you take your fingernail, like like it crumbles when you touch it. The rivid says that's inconceivable. We've seen lulavum that are really old, um, that are you know from previous sukhases, and they're not that brittle; they crumble apart. Therefore, the Rivid says that if your lulav is got um, all the green has been, you know, left it. That's when it's called yavish, and um, and the Shulchan Aruch goes like the Ravid. So it's once it's got the green has all left it. At that point, it's considered to be yavish. Although the Ramad does say that if in a present situation where you haven't got any lulavim, so if your lulav isn't dried out to the point of Tosfos' dryness, so then you can still you can still use it and, and be yotzi. Um, the the as far as what's what is being dried out. So it would be true, it's invalid if either um, it's the majority of the leaves are dried out, um, the alim, um, or if the the, uh, the shidra, the spine, is totally dried out. And in fact, I should speak out here. The basic anatomy of a lulav, you have to understand, um, there are two or three distinct halachic parts to the lulav. There's the shidra, the spine, that's the main um, thick, like, Branch in the middle, if you will, off of which the leaves are coming out. Um, those leaves off the side are called the alim, the leaves. Um, each of the leaves are doubled up. If you, can, you can always think like you can, if you know what I mean, you know what I mean. They're like a, a double leaf that's attached on one edge, and you can actually kind of peel them apart into two, if you want to. The very top central leaf, the leaf that's coming out of the middle of the top of the shidra of that spine, is called the tiyomis, according to how. Ashkenaz, understand what a tiomas is. And that being the case, that is a special lachic all to itself, that top, central, middle double leaf. It's called the tiomus, where tiomas means doubled. Um, other meforashmen understand that each leaf is a tiomas in as much as it's like a double leaf, okay? So up to now, what I'm saying is that it's yavish if either the majority of the leaves or the spine are dried out, raivet, so there's no green left, us so much that it crumbles. Okay, and sholchanarach goes like the raivet, so more strict. The mission continues and says, Shal Asherah irhani dachas, puzzle. If we're talking about a lulav that is from an Asherah tree or an irhani dachas, a wayward city, it's puzzle. What this is to- talking about are two cases where there's a requirement to burn this lulav. An Asherah is a tree that was um, worshipped um, in a Vodazara. For technical reasons, we're talking about a Jewish owned tree that was served. Um, but, anyways, even if it was a non Jewish tree, um, palm tree that was used in Nebuchadnezzar so it's still being appropriate to use for the mitzvah but uh, for whatever technical reasons it has to be it's supposed to be a Jewish a Jewish tree that was used in She'ra has to be burned and similarly Irni that's a city that was a city of, of Ju- a Jewish city where the majority of the inhabitants were turned to uh, idolatry there are a number of specific um, criteria to be an official Irni which I don't want to get into now but the point is if the city is confirmed to be an Irni so then everyone who did the idolatry um, and served is killed and all of the possessions from the city are piled up in the town square and burned so again the point is if there was a the lulav there technically again it's a lulav that was detached from the ground not a palm tree because that would be exempt for whatever technical reasons but the point is a lulav that was in erudahas or a lulav from a tree that was worshipped has to be burned and the basic principle is that if it's got to be burned and sort of like li'sarif dami. If it has to be burned, it's as if it were already burned. And the point is, therefore, that we say halachically, this Lulav no longer has the requisite shear. It's not got the requisite size to use a Lulav because it's as good as burned already. Okay, those are those two things. Those psulim are there. Next it says Niktam Rosho. If its top has been lopped off, it's gonna be a puzzle. What the top is referring to is a muhlokis also. Um the, according to the Rosh, which is how the Shulchan Aruch goes, what we're talking about here is the top leaves, meaning the leaves that extend above the spine. If the majority of those leaves have been cut off, then the Ulav is Puzzle. Um, and that's that's the Rosh, and that is the lacha. There are those who understand that the Rosh referring here is actually specifically the Tiyomah, the very tippy-top leaf, like the grass says that, um, and others as well. Um, and Fine, so that's that. But anyways, the halacha is, and and, and the Graz Mahmer, So that means even if a little tiny tip has been cut off, so then you would have not be having a kosh if the tiny tip of your tiomas was chopped off. Nifrutzu alav. That means according to the Bartzenura, who learns like Rashi, it means that the the leaves themselves were broken off. They're like ripped off of the off of the shidra, off the spine. Um, and then sort of reattached on, like a broom. And the Gemara describes it as looking like a broom. Hence, the description is like, hey, you make like sort of a thatched broom, you have a bunch of twigs, and you attach them at the bottom. These are the, all the leaves that are ripped off and then sort of reattached together, making it a puzzle. Um, others learn that um who doesn't have to mean totally ripped off, like the Rambam and Rifler, it means it's sort of dangling. And that's how the Shachanach says. Um, Tos understands it looks like a broom because you've taken each of the double leaves and sort of peeled them in half, sort of making like sort of like frizzy hair. You've like, sort of frizzed out the leaves, making it look kind of like a broom. I don't think anyone would use any of those kind of lulavum today. Sort of on starter but whatever. Those are all not, that those old things are not kosher. Kosher as nifritzu, um, the torn lulav. Nifidu alav. Now, liparer means to separate. So if the leaves have begun to separate, because remember, what does what a palm tree look like? When the when the palm, the lulub opens up, it becomes like a a frond, like a kind of hand-shaped thing. Um, so it starts out being together, like you know what it looks like, and then it opens up. So it starts to open up. We're saying if Nifidu alav, it's kosher. it's okay if it starts to open up. Rabbi Yehuda says you'll have to sort of tie him back down again. We'll agree, all the Shittas agree that... If it's opened up and hardened and it's like sort of looks like a big open hand, locked in place like wood, forget it, it's no longer kosher. But if it just begins to start separating, but like if you put it aside, it flops down again, or whatever it is, that's going to be kosher and that's going to be fine. And the halacha is not like rebuyhuda, so no need to even tie it down if that would happen if it begins to open up. Although I have personally never seen anyone shake a lulav that's begun to open up. Okay, Hara barzel. That means like palm trees that grew on this place called Hara Barzel. They had quite sparse leaves, and that being been the case. Um, like the, there was a great there wasn't a great a lot of coverage of the leaves over the shidra, sheros, those are kosher for lulav as well, provided that the tip of the bottom leaf covers the base of the next leaf. They're that they're at least that dense. If it's less than that, too sparse and not kosher. And finally, Lulav Shrieshbo Shlosha Tvachim naneabo kosher. Lulav has to have three tvachim and enough to shake it, do the nanuum to shake in order to be kosher understands there are missing words here. What we mean is there's three plus one more tefach to do the nuim, to do the shaking. That extra tefach is an extra tefach that will go above and beyond the height of the hadasim and aravos, which are each three tefachim. So that means, taklis, that means that your lulav has to be four tefachim long. And as a machlokus, so if we're talking about the shidra, the spine being four tefachim, or the whole thing being four tefachim, l'mayasah, we're machmed, even the shidra should be four tefachim long. And that means that the shidra extends one tefach above End where the the uh, hadas and Ravos go, and there are those who say that if you have a very long Hadassim Ravos, you need a Tefach longer yet, Lulav, to make it work. Um, and that, of course, is uh, how one should do it. One should do it that he sets up his Lulav, that the Lulav Shidra extends one Tefach beyond the Hadassim and Ravos, um, where it's all bound together, and then he has what to shake with, uh, his that we'll call that the four Tefach plus long Lulav.